0: To another episode of There's a Difference. I'm your host Jeff Disher. You know what I do, guys. I bring on people that make a difference, that are disruptors in the market, that are changing the game, um, and do it in a respectful way that everyone knows. I like it. They catch my attention online. I start watching. I see what they're doing. I like the push. I like the positivity, and then I try to drag them on by bugging them as much as I can to get them on my podcast. Uh, the guy that I have on today, the gentleman is. Uh, it's kind of near and dear to my heart for two reasons. First of all, he's a San Diego native like myself. Uh, And number two is he's into the health and fitness and the the businesses that he started um, relate to health and fitness. And they're perfect because I think that a lot of the fast food places out there right now are obviously all bad for you. And I feel like there's a good positive shift in the health uh, and fitness industry. And that goes diet. We all know that diet's 80, 90% of it. Um, I was a trainer, so I could tell you that. And this guy has uh, not only started something that's amazing but the thing's spreading like wildfire so uh, without further ado i'd like to introduce jeff fester um, he is the ceo of everbowl i'm sure you've seen him around i actually was eating there before i ever knew who he was which is a, a good thing because um they were everywhere and i just remember it was fresh it was clean the design was intriguing it was new and I liked it. I was automatically attracted to it. Um, and I think that they changed the game. So well, welcome you. to the show, buddy.
1: Thank you. I'm a big fan, and i great to finally get to come down and do this with you. So yeah. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity, bro. Um, I know you're busy. 30 locations. You said you have 26 under development?
1: Yeah, so we have 30 open right now, another 26 under development. And uh, we're opening in a few new states and really expanded into franchising, which has really opened the doors for us because uh, we corporately own the first 28 and oh, nice. and then COVID happened and obviously we we were positioning ourselves for franchise and we launched our franchising actually right as COVID started yeah. and wow. our franchised our very first store july 4th uh actually to the very first employee we ever hired ben so the very first guy I ever hired at everbowl was the first guy that ever opened a franchise so um emotionally and sentimentally it was amazing That's dope. yeah it That's was dope. cool because you know when he started with us for you we turned four october 15th um he was 19 and mm. you know it was great to, to watch him grow and develop from just this shy, introverted kid to the man that he is today, who's now running his own business and is taking control of his financial future, helping wow. expand the health and wellness brand, uh, and and helping it make everyone help them unevolve and be their best self. And so that was cool. And then his brother opened our second franchise, wow. which he also was an employee for us. Um, and so that's super cool. And then now we've started to really start to Grow and you grow. know it Sell them to everybody. And uh, we partnered with uh, WAG's Capital, Aaron Wagner, and his group bought 20. Wow. Um, and so we've already opened two of theirs. And we're now really kind of introducing it everywhere we can.
0: How many are in San Diego? Uh,
1: we have, well, currently open, we have 18 in San Diego. Nice. Um, we're at San Diego Padres Petco Park, but it's closed. We're at Pechanga Arena, but it's closed. Um, and we just reopened here Santa. Santa. Um, so we've been reopening them kind of based Slowly. on what's available. Obviously, there's no fans in the stadiums and there's no, yep, no that's events. That's no reason, so yeah. Uh, those won't work. But yeah, we have 18 open in San Diego right now. And uh, we're opening
0: another one in San Diego actually next week. Nice. I, yeah. I go to the Little Italy one, and okay. so I know that one had to stay open, I'm assuming, because that shit's packed down there, yeah. so that's dope. Another reason I'm just going to bring this, that I like your style and what you're doing is because, look at you, you keep it real, you're a normal dude like me, you know what I mean? You don't try to, you keep it real, you wear the hat You backwards like I would <laughs> usually be. I show, I like the fact that you're a real cat, you're from San Diego, and you're starting this. Where um, Where was your first location after San Diego? So our first location was in Temecula, uh, Riverside okay. County, yep.
1: um, and then we have four up in the Riverside County area, and then one in uh, one in Orange County. Nice. And then our fir- and then we're in San Francisco, in uh, right on Union Square in the Macy's building. And we're in. We have two in Arizona open right now, Scottsdale and Tempe. With another one coming downtown Phoenix and the University of Arizona, my alma mater, uh, nice. Tucson. And we have two in Utah currently open. And we're opening in Beaverton, Oregon soon.
0: Where was your first location?
1: Poway. Poway. Yeah, Poway. Because from. He's
0: born right in San Diego. You're from Scripps.
1: I'm from Scripps and fun fact there's the smoothie king that was in poway and i'd been going to it since i was a kid and i was in poway visiting a client for i was wrapping up my digital marketing agency and we had sold off our clients and i was going to visit one of my last customers and they happened to be in poway and i needed a smoothie so i went to the smoothie king july 22nd 2016 and the owner was literally taking stuff off the shelves and walking it to his car and as a result i was like what's going on here he's like oh i'm retiring at the end of the week I've been doing this for 20 years here. Um, And I was like, why don't you sell the business? He said, I was asking too much money. I didn't get a buyer with franchise. uh, Smoothie King franchise is the last one in San Diego. So there's not a lot of corporate support and all these, give me all these reasons. (laughs) So I was like, well, can I have the landlord's name and number? And he's like, yeah. He gave it to me. I called her and I signed the lease August 2nd. How'd you go with
0: Everbowl? The
1: name? Yeah. I didn't come up with it. So I had a bad name picked out and um, I was going to call it Thrive Bowls, which... It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Mean, it. I, you can call it shitty. It's okay. It's um, all right. But luckily, a, a very good friend of mine and uh, now a partner of Everbowls and our chief develop, uh, branding officer and one of my best friends, Eric Brosell, um, I came to him and I was like, we were working on something else because he had a branding agency and I had my digital marketing agency. So we were working on a whole different project. And I was like, yeah, by the way, I'm starting this acai bowl concept called Bowls. And um, he's like, can I help you with the name? <laughs>
0: <laughs> at first was a little honestly, did you take a little offense at first? Not at all. Okay, good.
1: Luckily I know my limitations and I am like the least, the least creative when it comes to like naming and I'm colorblind and I'm tone deaf. So that's not my skill set. So I was kind of like stoked. Yeah. Like part of me was like, thank God. That's cool. Because either he was gonna validate it and be like, hey, that's a great name. And I'd be like, hey, I got lucky, or he was gonna help me and and it was great because he offered to help me for free, uh, being the cool friend he is. I said, No way, let me pay you. He's like, I'm not taking your money. And I was like, "Then let me give you some equity in the company and join me." And he's like, "Yes." So um, he came up with the name. Uh, Everbowl kind of rolls off the tongue nicely too. Which it does. Nice. Well, it, it's evergreen, right? Yeah. And you, you put ever in like everybody, everywhere, forever. Everbowl. Yes. Everbol, yes. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's so. And nice. it's like ever health. That way, I right. think like forever health. And it's whatever you want it to be, right? Yes. And and what's great is the why behind Everbowl is a word Ooh. that we created and trademarked. It's unevolved. And it simply means to move and eat the way you were meant to, to live actively, and eat stuff that's been around forever. Basically, move your body and eat real food. Nice. Everbowl's tagline is made from stuff that's been around forever. So it's the eating component of the unevolved lifestyle, which is what we're trying to promote more than the restaurant. The restaurant is cool. Go to Everbowl. Don't go to Everbowl. Eat healthy. Move your body. That's all I really care about, to your point. Yes. Health and wellness. Because when you look at, you know, the inspiration for me was I was in a position in life. I didn't have to eat what I kill every day and I could really chase my passions. I'd sold some companies and um, had some financial success. And so, you know, my wife's like, go do what you're most passionate about and stop doing things just to make a buck. And I was like, okay, well, I want to help people eat healthy because when you look at America as a country, we're killing ourselves with heart disease, stroke, obesity, cancer, diabetes. And when you pull back the onion on these things, 80% of them are lifestyle. They're not genetics. Mm -hmm. You're not predisposed to have the majority of these conditions. Some people are. But 80% of them can be avoided or prevented or delayed uh, based on lifestyle, meaning how we move our body and what we eat. Mm. And when you look at that thing, it's like, okay, I mean, I'm in shape, but I'm not a physical trainer. I can't get my kids to do stuff, let alone get people to exercise. So I wasn't going to try. But the eating side, you know, being that I've always been an athlete and played sports and nutrition, you can't out eat. A, ba- a bad you can't out exercise a bad diet, diet right you eat too many times a day and you can literally i can go work out for six hours and then go eat a big
0: mac meal and completely wipe out uh, a big mac meal hours. it's like even like a bite of a big mac i used to tell people that i'm like a right. bite of a big mac is like 180 calories i know even how looking at it is yes 50 calories. <laughs> and how long does it take on a treadmill an hour <laughs> to just that one bite correct it doesn't make sense correct yeah. so it was like okay why don't i help people
1: eat better and You know, when I signed the lease for Everbowl at the time, I didn't know what I was going to sell. Like, I knew I was going to bring acai bowls. I didn't have a name at the time I signed it. I didn't have a concept yet. Um, I knew I was going to introduce superfoods because I've been bringing them in my house for years. I've been eating them and having friends eat them when they come over, and everyone loved it. And I was like, hey, there's an opportunity because there was no real acai bowl places in 2016. There was a couple. uh, You know, there was a few in, in South Orange County. Um, a couple here and there that were selling it, but nobody really knew what they were.
0: And it was like a side thing. Like you were a Correct. smoothie place, they would say, I, a little box with the course and acai bowls. Correct. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep,
1: that's right. And, you know, the jamba juices of the world, they didn't have any yet. And so um, I knew I was going to sell those. I didn't know the rest, but going back to Unevolve, it was like, why don't people eat healthy, right? And if you can answer that question, you can help people eat healthy. So I started doing a little bit of questioning and, and looking at it, and investigating and analysis, and I came up with the excuses we as people make, and there's only four of them. I can pretty much bundle any reason why you're gonna eat unhealthy into four excuses. And those four excuses are one, it costs too much to eat healthy, or we think it does. Mm -hmm. Two, it doesn't taste good, or we don't think it does. Three, it doesn't fill you up and leave you satisfied. Or four, you just can't get it. You're in a hurry, you have a quick quick minute, you gotta go to a fast food joint. So knowing that those four excuses pretty much sum up all of the excuses that you make to why you don't eat healthy, we knew that if we could provide something that was affordable, filling, delicious, and accessible, you would pick it over the unhealthy option most of the time. And if you do it most of the time, you're gonna be healthier because everything we serve at Everbowl is made from stuff that's been around forever. Your body knows how to process it all. There's no chemicals, there's no laboratory created yellow fives and red sixes and um, preservatives that need to make a a Twinkie not expire ever. Like none of the stuff that our bodies look at as foreign substances and create disharmony inside is provided at Everbull. And so we, definitely stole a lot from all of the great companies that have come before us, you know, the Chipotle model of build it in front of you, lets you be the architect of your bowl, so you're gonna like it, right? Mm-hmm. You design your own bowl, you're gonna like it. We give you big portions with unlimited toppings, so we don't nickel and dime you with um, pricing, so if you wanna add extra granola, it's free. You wanna add peanut butter, it's oh, free. Oh, wow, yeah. There's no price difference yep. for the, the toppings, because that's my biggest pet peeve. I wanna customize my stuff when I go eat, and you add all your toppings, and a, a $10 item is now an $18 yep. item, and you're like, whoa okay, I can't come back here every day. Yeah. So we wanted to reverse that. And, and so Everball was built to solve those four excuses. So when I signed the lease, I had my why and I had my, my purpose, right? What I was trying to solve. Now it's just build a company, a restaurant chain that addresses those things. And acai bowls was obviously the main staple, but we've added a whole bunch of ancillary superfoods that are fun, delicious. And when you come in, we give you free samples as well. So you're gonna try everything before you buy anything. You're gonna like it because you're gonna architect it. You're gonna be full because it's filling. It's affordable because it's the same price as a Big Mac meal. And accessible, we have to open a shit ton of stores. So that's why it's that's dope. The and mission. to be
0: honest, I mean, and the cool thing, it's not just acai bowl. We, right. Everyone thinks acai bowl. No, you guys have all kinds of, it's not just, you can go in there and get all kinds of different bowls put together, which right. I was like, what? I was confused almost. I was like, oh my God, there's so much. I wanted to get a acai bowl, but there mm-hmm. was so much going on. And I've tried all kinds of different stuff over there, which, which is, Super sick, and I'm glad if I don't if anyone doesn't take one thing away from this besides obviously the quality of the food and Everything is your purpose and why which is super sick, and I, I, I truly believe that's the difference That's our slogan is because of that purpose and why you know you obviously didn't start it for money You sure. know what I mean you, you, you already had the money you started it for passion I always tell people that that's the cool thing about you know Once you can satisfy the money aspect and you got the food sex and shelter covered mm-hmm. you start working on your passions And now I get goosebumps thinking about it and then you went out and did that and when you truly put your passion without the money is why your shit's crushing. And I want to go back real quick to design, because we're talking about design. It was, the design of your place mm-hmm. is very organic as well. The wood, the yep. natural, all the natural elements in your place. You, who came up with that? Same
1: thing. So uh, Eric, our, our chief branding officer, um, what's great about him is, and, and we joke, you know, because we hang out socially, and I, I joke he's the other half of my brain because I'm not good at that stuff. And so it's amazing his ability to sit down with someone or me And we talk about what my goal is, and then he can manifest it visually Mm. in a way that manifests itself physically into what you see, right? Cause like when we started, I said I wanted the food to be the color. Like my biggest beef with like the Jamba juices and and those companies is you walk in and there's bright colors everywhere, right? So the food loses its pop. Mm. And when you understand human psychology, we're attracted to the bright colors, like inside. Like it's not something you think about. And it's designed that way because Fruit is nature's sugar, right? Mm. That's where you get glucose naturally. We add sugar to everything now to make everything sweet, but there's a reason why the candy industry has rainbow Skittles and rainbow chocolate M&Ms and packages of all chocolate bars are bright colors. It's to trick us to understand that we are attracted to those colors because that's where we're supposed to find our glucose naturally, which our brains need and we need to live. And it's sweeter and it's more dessert and it's more like, hey, that's a fun flavor, right? So fruit is nature's candy. Mm. And I wanted to bring the product Itself make that the show, not the walls. So the wood keeps it natural, keeps you feeling earthy, and then you see these bright colors, and that's the decor. That's the feel we were after, um, and it's manifested itself extremely well. And it's great because um, I think, to your point, I think it adds to the element. It does. There, it makes the, you want to stop. That's why I yeah. saw you
0: guys first. I was coming down in Little Little-L-L-E, and I looked and it caught my eye. Mm-hmm. The design aspect caught my eye. And that's obviously the first. It's like in, in real estate, what I do, we take, we pay a photographer yeah. to come in and make the house look better than it is. I'm like, <laughs> that's the first thing. That we got to get people in, you right. know what I mean? To the house to see. And sometimes if we need to make it brighter or add light or add staging, we do that to get them in. And you're, that concept when I drove by, it, just, it caught my eye and maybe slow down. I'm like, what is that? Well, thank you. And yeah, I'm to that. I'm going to pass
1: that compliment along. It's dope. Like yeah. I'm like,
0: ooh, and I've seen them everywhere. And now it's like that... It gives me goosebumps, man, because I everywhere I go, like when I've seen them, I'm like, oh, and it just pops. And mm-hmm. like you said, once they get the attention, it's like, what is that? Then they come in, and then you have all the real colorful stuff is in your actual That's product. Right. Um, when did you know after you first opened your first location that it was gonna be big? Well, or uh, think like when did it start to grow and get momentum? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a great question. So I'm kind of unique in the sense that I don't do things in that path. Most people say, let's start with one and test it. I, I start with the end. My goal was to open a ton of these from the get from the get. It wasn't if like, I'm to open
0: one. Just, no, I don't do
1: lifestyle businesses.
0: We're going big personally. Yeah.
1: I mean, if it, I look at it, like I wanted to be a professional athlete. I was never, I wasn't born with all the qualities and I'm not good enough. So that dream is not going to happen. Right. So in my life, right, you look at a professional athlete and I use them as an analogy, but they have their career statistics and then they have, do they make the hall of fame in their life and not right. And everyone strives to be the best version of themselves. Well, if I'm going to invest this much energy and effort into business, which is what I do as a serial entrepreneur, and this is how I'm devoting a third or, or 40% of my life mm. to, adult life to, and I'm taking time away from my family, my friends, my kids, and my personal other reasons to do this, I want to do it as good as I can. And, and when I'm done, I want to know that I, I used every ounce of potential I had, and I maximized my capability in whatever field I'm doing. And so with You business, speaking,
0: I'm sorry, but you speaking makes me think legacy. Sure. Yeah. That's legacy. Like yes. you literally started off like it's not, and I think it kind of goes back to the whole no money thing. Like, even subconsciously, I'm just like, hey, if I'm going to do this one, I'm not just going to help the people in my little area. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to experience this, okay. and I want everyone to become healthy. And to go back to your point about starting with health, I think about this all the time, man. I always think like when I'm in a hurry, come back from the gym, where can I go? Like, wh- there's really no place. Like I always think about, it. is there a place where, and I don't, I wasn't thinking of the Bulls because. There's bowls out there. I was like, Is there a place you can go where it's just like egg whites and this yeah. or this and this organic, clean yeah. stuff that's fast? It's priced like not super outpriced, 30 bucks. And there's not a lot out there. So sure. when you introduce this, it's literally no excuses. And I think that honestly, I think that we're seeing a shift in culture that's going that way, anyways. People mm-hmm. are starting to wake up to the fact that cancer is being caused by all these sugars and artificial stuff and all these yep. chemicals you're talking about. So to really wake up, I just feel like it's only gonna get bigger.
1: Yeah, and to quote, you know, Wayne Gretzky, you got to skate to where the puck's going to be, right? And, And you know, I have a 15-year-old daughter, and she will not eat junk fat. Like, if we stopped at McDonald's, she won't eat there. Even if That's I wanted so to eat there, or my wife wanted to eat there because we grew up in the eighties and nineties. Which is a complete opposite. I grew, opposite. Up, I grew All up on fries that. and chicken nuggets. and That's pizza. Right. Yes. The Happy Meal. Yes. I mean, I, I must have. I probably made. I helped McDonald's add a million. Oh, I used to, dollars When they would have the twenty-piece chicken
0: nugget, yeah. bro, and the super-sized yeah. fry back yes. in the day, that was my shit. Yes. Yes. And
1: it was like if I went to another country and I saw a McDonald's when I was a teenager, I was like, McDonald's is there? Yep. For some reason, I was attracted to what I could get at home. Um, obviously I've changed. I don't, I don't eat that anymore, but, but now we know why, right? We know how bad it is for us. We didn't know. We didn't have the information. Well, our parents
0: are showing us now with all well, the cancer, absolutely. The, all the sicknesses. I know. Absolutely.
1: So what's great is the younger generation, they're not eating this. We understand how important health is or what we eat is to our health, right? You are what you eat. We all know that now. Like, it's kind of like we knew smoking was bad for us at a certain point. Yep. Now you're starting to see less people smoke cigarettes because we know it's bad. Mm-hmm. We know eating is bad. What we are eating daily is bad for us. Um, and so as a result, we, um, we're we going to see a, a, a surge in more healthy options. And you see it. I mean, McDonald's now has salads on the menu, mm-hmm. which I still can't mentally get my mind to. I can't go to McDonald's it for just a salad. Does, Even
0: their salad doesn't seem healthy to me it, for it, some it, reason. it probably is, right? I know it's it is. It's probably
1: healthy as can be. But you're right. It just feels like it's going to come with some...
0: And they're trying, like they're trying. They have, to, they have to reinvent
1: themselves. And that's what we're seeing with all of these brands of our childhood, you know, and, and what we had growing up now, struggling to stay relevant when this generation and, and the social media world and access to information in our pocket, it's changed, right? And you've got to be adaptive and dynamic. And so so addressing the accessibility was so important that to answer that question of knowing when it was gonna be big, I didn't know how successful it was gonna be until a month or two in, but what I did know when I started was I built it with the plan to open a lot. I can always turn off that plan, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the mistake a lot of uh, young, young not in age, but in experience entrepreneurs make is when they start something, they're not planning for scale. So they build systems without scalability as a focus point. And that's why they don't, that's one of the questions I get is how do you, I've exited enough companies, how do you do that to get out of them? And the reason I'm able to do it is because I'm thinking scale day one, long before I'm even capable of doing it. And you do everything with the idea of scale. So that way, when you do get momentum, you can grow.
0: It's already in place. Yeah. Cause the a lot of times it's, it's like
1: the amount of work it takes to repivot the whole business to allow you to scale is such an undertaking that it's going to kill your growth. And therefore companies hit these walls, these ceilings, I mean, that are self-induced that they shouldn't hit. Mm. And so the key and the critical thing about business right and there's there's success principles to scaling and growing companies is think about it day one start with the end and where you want to go work your way backwards to where you are now and then that'll tell you what your next step should be instead of taking it one step at a time yes that's the right advice except it's just not complete mm. no they didn't finish the sentence take it one step at a time but know what the entire it's like building a puzzle without looking at the box mm. right? It's the best analogy I can give. Like if you took a puzzle and I didn't show you what the picture looked like and dumped all the pieces there, you're just playing with one hand time behind your back. At least look at the picture so you have some sense of where all these pieces need to go. Even if you're not sure exactly how they go connected yet, you're going to start putting them in their right areas. And then as the puzzle gets clearer, you start to be able to know how to identify what piece to put where. And that's what we did with Everbull from day one, which is I hoped and expected it to be big. And so I planned with scale. If it wasn't big, then I would just stop and I would pivot to something
0: else. Damn, that's, that's brilliant. Um, that's super smart, man, and I'm glad this is great information. How long after location one was open did lo- location two open?
1: Uh, six months. Six months. Yeah, so opened the first one October 2016, opened the second one uh, just uh, May of 2017, and then we opened September of 17 and October of 17,
0: three and four. Wow. Yeah. Um, so four in the first year. Do you think, um, the entrepreneurship, that mindset, how did you develop that?
1: So, I was thrust into it. Um, I went to law school to be a sports agent and uh, it was my third year of law school, I was about to graduate. Um, I got engaged and had a daughter and decided I didn't want to travel the world representing athletes and be a never around dad. I wanted to be around for my kids and um, I wanted to have the family life. And so, you know, I decided once I graduated not to pursue that career. And so, um, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And back then, entrepreneurship wasn't a, w- a word. It was you're a business owner or yep. you were an employee and we didn't have social media like we do today at all. Uh, MySpace uh, was, around. yeah and, um, you know, and so there was no, there was no sexiness to being an entrepreneur or anything. And so I, I didn't even have that idea. It was just, Oh, I'm good in sales. A friend of mine was working at a company called ADP, the payroll company. Yep. And, um, they were like, I had six figures in law school loans and, and a baby and a fiance and a wedding coming up. So I had to pay some bills, so it was time to get make some money. And so I got a job for $38,000 base pay uh, at ADP and was there for six months. Uh, My first six months I I was extremely successful uh, first to make President's Club uh, number one sales rep in the country and made six figures really quickly. And I earned an annual bonus, of $17,000 base increase. So my base was supposed to go from 38 to 54. Yes, I made six figures in commissions, but. I wanted my base increase because thirty-eight thousand just wasn't covering the bills, and um, I went to my boss in January of 2008 and said, "I've earned this bonus. I'd like to get my my increase." And they said, "You got to wait till the end of the fiscal year, which wasn't till the end of June, and I'd get it in July." And I was like, "Well, no, 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 no. That's six months from now." I, I did what I was supposed to do. And they're like, you're an outlier, like our systems are built on annual uh, bonus comps and, and stuff. We don't do it till the end. Just like your trip, I want a trip to, uh, a big President's Club trip it was gonna be in July. And I was like, well, that's not gonna work. And I had this moment and I'll never forget, like I, I didn't hyperventilate, but I almost did. Like I was like, I just felt like I was in prison and I had this weight on my chest. Like this is my life, no mm-hmm. matter what I do. And I could be the number one in the company and I have to wait for some arbitrary date in the future where, where basically they're saying, sit in a cubicle for a year and then you get to elevate your life. And I'd rather win or lose on my own ability. Mm. And if I don't make it, let it be because I didn't make it. Not because I'm waiting for tenure or time. That's the most valuable asset we have. Right. Time. And so I went home that night and I told my fiance and I just bought a house, uh, in Mir Mesa, my first house with my fiance and daughter. And I said, I want to quit my job, sell the house, move in with my mom and dad and start my own payroll company. Cause F them. Yeah. And I had an ego and I was 24 and, and, um, my wife, my fiance at the time, she was supportive. And so the very next day, I quit my job at ADP, sold my house, took my fiance and daughter into my parents' house in Scripps Ranch, and um, with a buddy of mine, started my very first company called iChecks, which was a payroll business out of my mom's kitchen, with the sole idea that I can't work for somebody who's going to tell me that, and I can sell the shit out of this. So let's see if we can't
0: build a company. That's, that's, Dude, it sounds like my story, which I want to keep the focus on you, but it's just funny when I hear people say that, because... They, they start doing something really well and they start realizing like, wait a minute. And it's usually people that excel at a company. Mm-hmm. Like I was at 25, just always a top trainer, just crushing top salesman. And I was like, ah, and it got to the point, I'm like, dude, I'm giving them all this money. I'm working my ass off. Like who's making the rest of this money? You know right. what I mean? Where are they sitting? And the guy would come in, I still remember this day, his name, I won't mention his name, but he'd come in once a month and sit in the back with his gold Rolex on and just kind of see what was going on. I'm like, that's the guy that's getting the rest of my money that I'm doing. And I was always the top. And that's kind of when I figured, and a lot of people though, I figure, I feel like it goes either way. You either crush and they try to start, people try to start a business and they fail because they're actually just good at what they do, not necessarily Mm -hmm. a business person, or they do really well. Like, and um, fortunately for me, and it sounds like for you, you had that. That's why I'm I'm like asking about that side because I see people. You'll see it like in the hair. People will get busy with hair and they go open their own salon and it fails. You know what I mean? They, they, and it's, uh, personal trainers—they mm-hmm. they do well at Twenty Four Fitness wherever they're at. like, and they go out and they fail. And there's that huge difference between being well doing well at what you do and being really good at a sale, and then starting your own business. Well, because
1: being an entrepreneur is a business yes. in itself, right? There's a there's a so I I like I'm call myself a serial entrepreneur. You I know. know I was gonna my mean, yeah. wife my wife will jokingly say a degenerate entrepreneur, but it's a mindset, right? Like what is an entrepreneur? And and when someone says, oh, I'm a, I'm a cosmetologist. I do hair. So I started my own salon. That's cool. But you're a cosmetologist. I'm an entrepreneur. Like you ask me what I do. I'm not a restaurateur. Yep. I'm not a payroll specialist. I'm not a digital marketer. I'm not a construction guy, even though I have owned companies that do all those things. I'm an entrepreneur. And what I do is I solve problems. The other word for entrepreneur is problem solver. Mm. And if you can understand that that is your job, once you start your own business and you're an entrepreneur, that is your only job is to solve problems. So if you don't like solving problems or you only really like doing your craft, like you said, like you're great at being a lawyer. So you open your own legal practice. You're great at at hair. So you open your own uh, Mm -hmm. salon. You're great at whatever you do. Restaurants, if you're a chef and you open your own uh, restaurant, that's great but there's an element that you're missing out when you're in charge, which is you gotta run a business. And the commonality amongst business owners or entrepreneurs is that some of us are good at our craft and some of us are good at running businesses. And that's why I think a lot of people who fail look at it like, hey, why didn't I, wasn't I successful when I'm really good at my craft? It's because your craft is great, but that's not running a business. You could do the best work in the world. You could be the greatest painter in the world. But if you can't balance a budget and you can't make more money than you spend, you're going to go out of business, right? It's a different business. And so I think what I'm innately good at was scaling and running businesses and the what I do is less important. So what's cool about Everbull is I get to finally marry my passion with my trade, my business, right? Of being an entrepreneur. All the things I've done before, while some of them I was really successful and some of them I failed, I didn't love what I did. I just did it because I knew I could make money and there was an opportunity and I'm good at starting and running businesses. Right. Yeah. So finally, like for me, it's like, yes, when you get to mirror
0: your passion mm-hmm. with your talent. And it's hard because most people don't have that. They never get to that point. I think it takes a lot of hard work. Let me ask you this. I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I love starting businesses. Yep. Do you think, and, and I want you to ask, do you, do, you, do you love the building part? Mm-hmm. That's my, that's what I was going I, I love think that it gives part. me goosebumps. Yes. I, I, bro, I'm not even joking. And then like, I don't want to say I get bored when it's hard done, but like, I love the building. I love the start, mm-hmm. the building, the putting together, the learning, the growing. Like when I built this office, man, I was like.
1: And it's rad, by the way. I took a tour. You. appreciate I like it, it, buddy. Yes. I appreciate
0: it. And and you can see my passion in it, right? Yes. So like my thing is, is, and I designed this by myself, more or less. I did a lot of the work myself and it's crazy when you're building because when I'm, that's my favorite part is the building. You know, when it's all done and all done, that's cool and everything. Everyone's working, it's cool. But the building, like, will get me up at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. It will, I don't sleep. Like, I'm just so, like, I have, like, I'm on drugs or something. And it's just, I like, can't wait to get there in the building and the finding and the building and just getting it together and seeing it come together. That, I feel like that's an entrepreneur, like, mm-hmm. quality that when you really know, they love the building. And that's why you see a lot of entrepreneurs are serial entrepreneurs. Yep. They want to, because they love that building. They love seeing that, the baby, the incubator stage. Sorry about that fly, man. I don't even know how it got in here. Okay. Um, But that incubator stage and then seeing that come together. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I'm addicted to. And that's why, even when I got this whole thing together, I, I got to constantly find something new to be building, even if it's within the office. Mm-hmm. If it's coaching, if it's doing something with my agent, if it's a video, if it's a sh- I caught, if not, I get bored. Uh,
1: and And I couldn't.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, <laughs> I you pretty much just
1: said it right. I mean, and the and it's it's not the money. It's not. Like, it's the I'll, building. I'll be honest with you. When we when when COVID happened and we shut down thirty restaurants and had to temporarily lay off four hundred people and we saw a revenue of you know eight figures drop to zero, um, that's painful. Yes, we launched a new concept immediately called Later Bowls, where we were selling basically build your own bowls at home. And we were selling it direct to consumers in San Diego and near our stores to keep our customers with our product and help during the pandemic. And I won't lie to you, when we got the $100 ding on our Shopify site, the very first one, I was more excited than yes. if I had set a career day yesterday, a hundred times more in revenue, it didn't matter. It was like, we just built this from Thousand zero. Percent. Like these li- and I'm in the van driving in the rain in March, dropping off bowls at people's houses. The day before I was the CEO of a 30 that- unit restaurant chain. I had more
0: fun doing that
1: than the day before. Yep, because I'm, it was new. It was, it was, new, was innovative. It was fresh. It was you're exciting. building,
0: and people might be like, why are you doing that, bro? You made all these things. You're doing all this. Like that's what people tell me. They're like, Jeff, what do you do? Yeah. Like, where well, I'm cleaning the glass, or I'm building. Something. They're like, what are you doing, dude? You don't know, like that's no, the fun stuff. It's the fun stuff, and, and people that don't keeps get you it going every day.
1: Right, and that's why, and that's why you are an entrepreneur, and I am, and and that's where I think everybody needs to have an entrepreneurial mindset. Not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur, and and the dangerous thing that's happening right now with social media is. Is people are seeing highlight reels or fake highlight reels of people and so, and influencers and, and entrepreneurs that aren't showing you the grind or what it takes. So it looks like anyone can do it, and while anyone can do it, mm-hmm. and if you want to do it, learn the skills necessary and go crush. And I'm happy to help anyone who wants help.
0: As so am right? I tell everyone. Um, you, and that's what I was too. If you, that's the thing about entrepreneurs, if you really want help and you come to me, everyone knows here, I will sit down absolutely. and talk. But you need to want it, and I need to see that you want it because. that's what people say and i read it in books all the time they're like the richest people the most successful people they want to help you call them you call bill gates and say i really want to learn this here's what i got going they want to like i want to help people that's why Mm -hmm. i train agents bro that's why i do this and that's probably why you open franchises because you want to see them grow see them build see them feel that feeling yep it's insane
1: well and and it's 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 the fraternity right that it's what i'm passionate about outside of my my health and wellness and my family business is what i'm passionate about so but the the key thing is if you don't have the skills to be an entrepreneur because you're just great at your craft, partner with someone who can fill your gaps. That's where everyone makes the mistake, Mm -hmm. right? You can be the number two at a company and be an entrepreneur. You could be the number nine at a company and be an entrepreneur. You could be a CFO entrepreneur, a CEO entrepreneur, a COO, whatever title you want to call it, chief of staff, head chef, but you don't have to be the only person in running the company, right? I partner with people all the time where they're amazing at the craft and I'm amazing at the business side and together we make magic.
0: Mm, I mean, it's a lot of big Look at Apple. Absolutely. A lot of them are these... Absolutely. And, And you can also join
1: a company, a startup, that's already started and even though you're not a founder, you can still be an entrepreneur and build out an entire department for the company in your trade and you get all the privileges and perks and love of being an entrepreneur without all the stuff you're not necessarily as good at. So it's just about aligning yourself with the right people to achieve the results you want and not focusing so much on I have to be the founding entrepreneur. And you see a lot of it's the ego. And you see a lot of people struggling in that where it's like you have a gift that the, that the world needs to see and you're going to give it away and go back to working a dead end job because you weren't successful partner with someone who can fill your gaps, find the other half to you who can do the things that you're not great at. So your gift can see its light and you can shine and grow into a massive successful company and get the financial freedom that you want you know, both time and money and all that that, that intrinsic benefits.
0: There's a saying that says, you, you can be good by yourself, but great with others. That's right. And it's the truth. This is a perfect wrap-up to this. I, there's a, I, I've been studying you and looking at some of your stuff. These two words actually really touch home with me, and I want to know, because it sounds like you're going into them, relational capital. Yes. It sounds like that's what you're almost... How important is that? That's everything. Uh, right? So much so that... Oh, my God, uh, I'm getting goosebumps. I mean,
1: I'm not where I am today without it. It's the single one thing that... Um, has allowed, I'm an ordinary guy,
0: right? That's what I feel. I'm right? a We're all dude. ordinary.
1: Uh, I do the extra stuff to make stuff I do extraordinary, as, as do you and as do a lot of successful people. The number one extra thing I do is I focus a lot on relationship capital. It's all about making friends. And who you know in this world is so much more important than what you know. And there's ways to do that. And I've invested a ton of time learning this. And I've had mentors help guide me with it. You see it. I mean, anyone who's ever said or heard oh, so-and-so got the job because they're friends with the boss or they're the brother of this person or sister of this person or they only know because of so-and-so. That's an example of relationship capital. Another example of relationship capital is if a super celebrity, right, if Gatorade pays Michael Jordan to hold up a Gatorade bottle and they pay him millions of dollars because they know that once you see Michael Jordan holding up Gatorade, you're going to buy Gatorade. Mm -hmm. That's another power of relationship capital, right? That's what it is. They're using the fact that you want to be like Michael Jordan and if Michael Jordan endorses the product and it's okay for him, it's okay for you, that's the power. So how do we all implement it on a daily basis? It's living from the mindset of make friends with everybody you come in contact with. And don't prejudge because you know, we have this bad tendency in society to ask the, some, what, what I call like, uh, questions that are going to stage and characterize you. Oh, what mm-hmm. do you do? Where do you live? Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Where do you live? There's two reasons you ask those questions. You subconsciously want to know, do I want to know this person? Right? Yeah. Oh, you do something that I'm very interested in and, and you seem like a rock star? I, I want to know you. Oh, you do something that I don't care about at all and, and you don't seem like it? Maybe I don't. Where do you live? Not in my neighborhood or a neighborhood that I want to be in? Then you, you've already classified. And it's a big mistake mm-hmm. because if you try to get to, you know, if, um, you mentioned Bill Gates. If I want to call Bill Gates, I'm going to call Bill Gates. And you know what's going to happen? I'm not going to get through. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know me, right? So what if I know Bill Gates's sister, his husband? What if I know Bill Gates' daughter's best friend? Mm -hmm. Now I have an in to Bill Gates. And because I quantified Bill Gates' daughter's best friend as someone, because she's a waitress at some restaurant, I don't want to know her because I don't think she adds value to me is a mistake. Everybody adds value. And there's a funny joke, and I didn't come up with it, but I'll share it because it it illustrates this point. Um, I tell my daughter, not me, this is a joke, but a guy tells his daughter, you're gonna, or his son, sorry, a guy tells his son, you're going to marry Bill Gates' his daughter. Or you're, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you who you're going to marry. His son says, no way. He says, it's Bill Gates' his daughter. His son says, okay. He calls, Bill Gates, he calls Bill Gates on the phone and says, hey, Bill, I have someone to marry your daughter. Bill Gates says, no. Uh, he says, no, sorry. I call, I'm butchering this. I apologize. I call Bill Gates, <laughs> okay. and I say, I, I, want you to, I want your daughter to marry my son. Bill Gates says, no. Uh, he says, my son is the CEO of Facebook. Bill Gates says, okay. I call Facebook and say, I want you to hire my son as a CEO. Facebook says no. He said, he's married to Bill Gates' daughter. Facebook says yes, right? Mm. So you see how that tripod works, right? So it's the whole power of like who you know and what you are elevates you and you can immediately put yourself at the top of an industry by knowing the right people. And the way you do that is, is by leading with a, a mindset of, I wanna make friends with everybody. And the number one thing to remember on a daily basis is be more interested than interesting, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Don't brag about who you are. Understand that people like to talk about themselves. So when you meet a stranger, ask them questions. That's yep. the easiest way to start making friends, right? Ask questions like, what do you do? Where do you, oh, cool shoes. Where'd you get them? Oh, I see you work out. Where do you work out? Like just, you're in real estate. Awesome. Do you, what kind of homes do you sell? Do you, yes. are you buyer? Are you, a, you just start to ask questions because then they're going to talk about themselves. You're going to learn about them and see if there's a way you can add value to their life. Do you know someone that they might want to know? Do you have a are they talking about a problem that maybe you're an expert in that you can add value to? Oh, you know what? I'm moving my new office. Oh, cool. I have a truck. Do you need do you want to borrow it? I'm instantly offering something to a new friend and I'm building what's called uh, relationship capital or making a deposit in our relationship account. And over time, you do this enough and you have an army of friends and relationships that if you need something, I can call you after I let you borrow my truck and I helped you move your office. Hey, man, I'm looking at this house. I I, I don't need an agent. Do you mind just spending two minutes? telling me, is this a good value? Mm. Oh, of course, Jeff, let me help you. And now you've just added value to me and I don't need to learn the real estate game because I know Jeff Dish are the real estate expert, right? Yes. And, and I've earned the right to ask for a favor in the future by helping and leading with value first. And so relationship capital is... So important to me, I actually created a course for LinkedIn. It's on LinkedIn Learning. Uh, there you it's a little go. Self plug, go check it out. If you want it for free, hit me up and I'll send it to you. And I have a book coming out. My very first book is a uh, solo book is going to be on relationship capital.
0: Nice. It sounds like some reciprocity is thrown in there. Um, yes. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and to go back to what you said, a different version that I always use. And I always tell myself is seek, seek to understand bef- before you be under before you're understood. Yes. Which is obviously care about the person first. If you go in it, all about you. It always fails. That's right. My man, great to have you on. You're going to be speaking tomorrow uh, at an event. Is there a flyer? I saw a flyer. Is that on your your, uh, social? Yeah, it's
1: uh, it's on my story. um, It's with Awaken Church. It's the uh, Pathfinders uh, Power for Purpose event. Uh, So if you're in San Diego or Salt Lake City, you can be there in person um, or you can check it out online. I think there's still tickets available Um, and you can go on my story or on my social media and, and take a look. I'll be speaking tomorrow early afternoon.
0: Nice. How Uh, do they find you? Where's your uh, what's your social? What's the best way to to follow you?
1: Uh email connect at jefffenster.com or jeff at everbowl.com and then at Fenster Jeff on Instagram or LinkedIn is a great place as well. And again, if you guys want a free course, uh hit me up on LinkedIn. I'll send it to you for free. Don't pay for it, just just hit me up.
0: Nice. My man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy dude. I know you got a lot going, so I do appreciate uh you coming on the show,
1: man. Oh, thank you guys, and it was so such an honor to join you on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. See you soon. Cool.
0: Cool. Thanks, bro. That was good. Yeah, that was awesome. Really good. Awesome. Oh, my God. That was good because you, you're so good at this that I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> I was sorry. just like, I, no, I love that, dude. I'm like, that's the best kind of guest. Usually, because oh, I used to do a uh, show on ESPN. For three years, I had show. Uh, I had three shows on ESPN radio up in Mira Mesa. And I would get these guests, and, and, and you never know what you're going to get, bro. Mm-hmm. I get someone who you think is so interesting and deep, mm-hmm. and then you ask them questions, mm-hmm. and those will just answer yes or no. Like, so what brought you in? You know what I mean? So it's good when you have some experience that can actually, all you got to do is just say one thing and sit back and let them do what they got to do. So That was good. That was oh, cool. well, thank you. Yeah, it was good. It was Appreciate fun. it, man. How long was that? That was 30 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Dumb. And yeah. then let me know when it goes live. I'll, I'll promote. We will, bro. We'll send it. If you over you. to you. Access. I got to hustle, yeah. I got to hustle. When I invest it, I'm going to make it double. Yeah, I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler.